1: Hello and welcome
2: to the second edition of the Transfer Window Podcast. It's me again Guy and of course I'm joined by Dave Davis. How are you doing Dave?
0: Yeah, all good Chase.
2: Good, good. So let's get into this. It's been a busy week again for Liverpool on the transfer front but we do have to start off on a sad sad note Dave and that is Mane seemingly all but sealed to Bayern Munich and I think I worded it on Twitter as the first of the five pillar signings leaving, first of the five pillar club signings, I should say, leaving um, Liverpool. And some people have kind of almost downplayed it because it's not the Mane a couple of years ago, but he's still he, he was still a really good player and he, it's a really sad moment.
0: Yeah, I think it. we knew it was coming, but it's pretty much there now, isn't it? And it is still a sad moment. might not be the, the player that he was a few years ago, you could argue. But at the same time, we had serious people arguing he could be a potential Ballon d'Or candidate. So you've got to look at that at the same time. Um, I think when you look at it, is it good business? It's it's difficult on the surface because when you saw the fee and Joyce, etc. broke it down, you see in £27.5 million guaranteed, £5 million based on appearances – And a weird amount of 2.6 based on achievements. So you could be looking at up to 35.1 million in total. So when you look at that, you think it's not the highest amount for a player with his ability. And then on the other side, you could argue 30 years old, length on contract. Clearly the third time he's asked out, as we mentioned before. So it depends how you want to look at it. But to be honest, it's happened now. Guys, a legend. That's how he leaves, and we just start to move on. Simple as that.
2: Yeah, and we did. We, we have done with Nunes and um, and Diaz as, as part of that as well, haven't we? So we have we've replaced him probably with two players as well. So it it almost shows how important it was that we had to sign two players to replace him because we had to replace left wing him and striker him. So yeah, he's been a been a fantastic player uh, and we all wish him the best look at Bayern until they play Liverpool hopefully he has the worst game of his life <laughs> um, indeed but moving on to a, an incoming and hopefully a happier story is, is Calvin Ramsey joining um finally got announced today fortunately so I seen various amounts of prices and add-ons and stuff like that but does is it in the region of six mil I think it is a yeah. different split of it tends to
0: be the indications of reports, doesn't it? Five million up front with up to one and a half million in add-ons. I, um, I won't pretend I'm a profound watcher of the SPL, but from the usual snippets that we've all seen or the reports, you, you can understand why the crossing ability, the, I think someone phrased it well, almost like a, a younger version of Trent they're hoping for. So if he's anything like half that good, it's going to prove to be a bargain, isn't it? Simple as that.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he is actually the backup to Trent as well, because 18 is still very young, I know he's had a, basically yeah. a full season of SPL, but I know Rangers got to the Europa League final, but you still look at SPL and you're probably thinking Championship, mainly, or League One at on some, at some teams, so yeah, we're yeah. not sure what level he's played at, are we?
0: It's an interesting one, because you, you do think that. You look at his age and you think, well, does that mean Gomez is more likely to be the backup right-back, in all honesty? But at the same time, he has got that experience at quite a young age. Also, it's been made clear that he will be part of that first-team squad. It's not one of those where signing him straight back on loan to Aberdeen or looking to get him out type of thing. He's, he's definitely staying, which makes you think he, he'll get some some real sort of game time, I'd say. But... It'll be interesting to see, because if he doesn't, you do wonder about his development, but it's not an earth-shattering one, but still back up right back, something we've talked about for a long time, so got to be pleased with that deal.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, moving on to another couple deals that have kind of been long-rumoured, and I think we discussed them last week as well, but we can probably focus on on a bit more, because we got the two big ones out the way, and that's... That's Taki and Nico. I mean, Taki's been linked with loads more clubs, but it seems to always come out that Monaco are the favourites. Have we seen any more developments regarding that?
0: Yeah, I think there's, not unfortunately, but there's been a natural slowdown, I'd say, because Wales and Japan have recently just finished their international schedules. Wales with the um, Nations League and Japan have had quite a few friendlies, even playing Brazil quite recently. So they've only just gone on holiday, that pair, those you know, in that sense. So there might be a little delay for anything to get Mm. sort of moving. But the initial initial indications are, yeah, absolutely. Monaco appear to be favourite somewhere around the £17 million mark. And they're obviously flush with the Choumeni, how you pronounce it, cash when he's gone to Real Madrid. So I expect that to get done. Same with Nico, realistically. Now Ramsey's in the door. Nico's naturally got, a for him, a World Cup to think about. So be very surprised if in a a week's time, we're not hearing some traction on both of those. In all honesty,
2: yeah, I think Monaco for uh, for Taki seems like a really good move. I think did they get Champions League? I think they might have missed out on the last day. Maybe I'm sure they're in Europe either way. Um, but Nico, it still seems to be Fulham or Forest that I've seen named. Yeah. I've, I saw a couple Fulham fans maybe say spending ten to fifteen on a rotation right back because they have Kenny Tetter, I think his name is. It might not be the best spend of money, but you were certainly good by all accounts in the championship. So I am guessing we'll definitely get ten to twelve mil at the very minimum.
0: Yeah, he says it's, it's a difficult one in a way for Nico, because obviously you'd think he'd want to go to how would you put it, an established Premier League club, you know, play play at the highest level that way. That being said, with the World Cup, you know, in a six months or so time, he is maybe thinking, Where am I gonna play regularly? that's going to be the key thing because he's, mm. as much as he is a big player for Wales, he's not always an automatic starter. You've seen Roberts in there a few times as well. So I think that's going to play a real part in his thinking, where can I take that next step? But where am I going to get regular first-team football? So, yeah, I think we almost said it last week, didn't we? Somewhere 12, 15 million would be great. But anywhere up as a 12 million sees that done, basically.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we've kind of highlighted there that... <laughs> The two deals we we all knew about are done and now it seems to be the focus on exits. I mean, we mentioned the two there and beyond that, what are we looking at? Ox leaving, but I think it was Maddox in the mirror saying we might keep him just because we're not buying anyone else, which we'll come on to in a sec. Um, Nat Phillips, there's been rumours of another loan, which to me doesn't really make sense unless there's an obligation to buy. Um, but outside of them, them four, if you count Taki and Nico, is there anyone else you see leaving? Probably the two
0: you mentioned. I mean, Ox, I think we'd all be astonished, a little, really, if he's here at the the start of next season. I mean, the end of last campaign, the guy wasn't even getting in squads. And I know there's talk about five subs, but even with five subs, does that really put him in the bracket of getting game time? I think there's others that get minutes Mm. on the pitch before him. So I'll be astonished. It's it's also a great way of leaking that, you know, if if you put out a story saying we'll take anything we can get from him, what price are you looking at realistically? So a bit of a, a tactic there, but he's the the next obvious one. Big Nat, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. There's, there's been quite a bit of talk around uh, a loan, but that was after Bournemouth initially made inquiries about taking him permanently. So I, I don't really understand the, the season-long loan. The, the speculation was that it's to cover us a bit in the sense of, listen, we've had a centre-back crisis before, so... There's four there now, yes, but their injury records in recent times have all got you know sort of marks against them, shall we say? So there was talk that it was a season-long loan with the option to recall. That's I don't odd. really see. Yeah, I know. I don't really see it. It benefits either again for Nat Phillips' career if we can get a move to a club where he's going to play regularly, like he you know did on the move at, at Bournemouth. It just seems to make sense for everyone, realistically. I know there's that caution, but with Ramsey coming in as well, you now can say we've got four centre-half, specifically. You Maybe could even, depending on how you look at it, Gomez not maybe drifting out to that right too often. But we'll see. Those are the two natural ones. The the other ones might well be who agitates, because Liverpool's... Business is now going to be about outgoings, isn't it? Let's not lie. So you just start to wonder little things like Kelleher, maybe. You know, we mentioned he yeah. speaks to the club, didn't he, in his international press conferences. That'd be interesting. So I think it will now come down to who else agitates. You know, when they come back in pre season, they have that chat with Klopp. They sort of understand the lay of the land, how everyone sees it, and go from there. But yeah, Ox, Phillips, uh, the other one. I think anything else? might be a bit of a surprise or anyone who agitates realistically.
2: Yeah, I could see that. I mean, when's pre-season? I think, it, is it two, three weeks from now, I think? Maybe four. So, yeah, we'll probably see in that time if anything develops. I think it was the mirror, but I don't think it was Maddox today, which probably means it's BS. But I think they were talking about how the contracts might be the priority network, along with the sales of Naby, Gomez. Who else was it? Oh, I can't remember who else it was. Um, it was someone else, but if we get if we get them contracts sorted, um, I think it was Elliot as well. Um, but if they don't sign the contracts, that might add another list of people to sell. us sell might, you it? Know.
0: Well, I think the thing is, it's all the M's with the mirror. It's the mirror, and it's Mullock and Maddock. Maddock usually mm. gets most things right. Tends not always, but tends to be quite reliable. Mullock, on the other hand, has been called out by a few different players, especially Van Dijk, for absolute nonsense articles that he's put out. So, depending on which MUC, and I think it is Mullock, I'll put very little salt in that, shall we say, at this stage.
2: A big asterisk next to that one. Yeah, huge.
0: <laughs> huge.
2: Right, this is where we might have a bit of a discussion, seeing as you've been telling me to calm down all week. <laughs> <laughs> um, midfield and and by extension Joyce's comments about um basically that's our window do yeah we've we've seen other the other journalists get that information as well the, pretty much a press release from the club um yeah, we've seen this in the past and it turned out to be b s but we've also yeah. seen this in the past when we got nobody <laughs> um so yeah it's it's an odd one for the fan base because you don't know whether it's BS or or not, but it almost makes sense because we missed out on our midfield target, and everyone saying Bellingham is a target. I think we mentioned last week that it'd be almost shocked if Bellingham came it was next season due to the open market yeah. on him. But what what's your thoughts, and do you think we are actually done this summer?
0: I Listen, it's fascinating. Liverpool fans, especially on the social media, they just love the drama, some of them, don't they? In all honesty, that's part of it. I think people are linking things. I think personally putting two and two together and getting seven. And then the other point is things don't have to be mutually exclusive because people say, oh, well, we're not looking at midfielders. Well, look at what happened with Many. We were clearly trying to sign him. You know, there's no doubts there. We just got trumps because of the nature of what happened with Mbappe. So we were clearly looking at a midfielder. So then the other point that comes out is, oh, it's got to be a a specific target. That Why people can't put sort of stake in that, I really struggle to understand. It's it's been proven time and time again that Liverpool will wait for who they feel is the right person. You know, if they've got specific list of names, I'd say in mind, they will wait for those. And if they're not available doesn't have to you know they won't get a stop gap or something like that whatever you want to call it at the same time you have to start to think about the money we've spent so far I mean if you look since our last outgoing and I mean outgoing with a price if we take away Marne, guaranteed fee wise I mean with Diaz Nunares, now with Ramsey we're, sp- we're spending over a hundred million there and We don't always like to talk about this, but net spend is important with FSG, isn't it? Yeah, the way it's a business model and it's run. So I would very much suspect there's going to be a big sequence of outgoings before that's looked at. Now, I'm saying this because I'm I'm, I'm totally sounding like a politician arguing both sides (laughs) of the coin there. If the right target comes up, that can be true as well. I think it's easy to talk Bellingham, isn't it? Because it's pretty much the obvious one, you know. Everyone can see that's the mm. top of the list. If Jude Bellingham becomes available, Liverpool, I would bet fortunes will move. At the moment, there's nothing that indicates Dortmund are willing to sell. We, you know, we talked about that last week. There's nothing that suggests it there. However, that doesn't mean it's just Jude Bellingham. It could be Matias Nunes has been mentioned, hasn't he? You know that there is necessarily other candidates Mm -hmm. but I do think Liverpool have got personally a very very narrow list wouldn't surprise me if there's sort of two or three names on there I bet good money Jude Bellinger is at the top at the moment they might not think that any of those are available which I think is linking to next summer it's also if you were wanting to buy a midfielder, you're not going to scream, we've got cash, we want to buy a midfielder, are you? You're not going to leak that to the press outlet. So that plays a part in it at the same time. Now, I appreciate, you know, for anyone jumps on me, I totally understand that sounds like a politician's answer and I'm arguing both sides of the coin. It is just my personal opinion. And what wow, are we a few weeks into this transfer window, guy? We've got, you know, a whole summer of this left to go. There's going to be Lots of outgoings, you know, incoming to other clubs. Other clubs' players are going to say they want to leave. And what's that phrase I hear? An opportunity might present itself. But there is a long, long way to go in this window. So let's just wait and see.
2: And Indy Koehler did tweet about it last night, which is the most important thing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is going to be interesting because I think everyone... Well, even the club sees bar by extension of what the press has said, because they say they're willing to wait for the yeah. midfielder, but we've been willing to spend 50, 60-odd mil on uh, Chua Many this summer for the midfield, so we recognise there's a gap. We obviously want the perfect candidate, whatever, but we're willing to spend big, big money on this position. So we understand there's a gap yeah. there and a need there, and if we, if Bellingham is... The next target on that list, it's going to be more than that. It's probably going to be 80 at the lowest if you can really butter up the new Dortmund people, but it's probably going to be in the 100 million pound mark. I think we both said last week, I doubt we'll spend that much on one player. Um, but maybe the fact he'll probably be 19 by then improves it a bit more. But, yeah, it'll be it'll be scary. It will be crazy if we do spend 100 million on one player. Um, yeah. Especially midfielder.
0: We'd have to be really convinced, I think, and maybe at the same time. And this, this is another point that's been made, because I think those two that you made, they can both be true. We're only gonna, you know, spend big money if we think they're worth it, when and when they're available. Both those points can be true. I think in this sense, and this is a you know, a gut feeling rather than any proof, but it seems to be, you know, no smoke without fire. You hope, and it is a hopeful point, and you know, want to be clear on that that Bellingham is leaning towards us. There's been clear suggestions by, you know, a number of outlets that, you know, he's got that link with Liverpool. That would help us like it did with Nunes when, you know, he stated it was his preference to move to us. But there is the danger of leaving it till next summer. And also, Mm. let's be honest, guy, there's a World Cup around the corner. If he has a storming World Cup or plays well, it's not going to discount the price, is it?
2: Yeah, I think the price is going to be humongous either way because you've got the English tax and he's already starting for Dortmund at 12-year-old. But if he has a big World Cup, as you say, Real Madrid have already been linked. I think that's kind of Spanish media nonsense links because they've yeah. got... They've, well, we literally just talked about it last week, didn't we? They've got the next midfield sorted. unless they Everyone. don't fancy. Yeah, if they don't fancy Valverde, maybe. But he literally just assisted in a Champions League final. So, you know... Um, but if he has an awesome World Cup, they'll come involved by, and obviously want to nick people from Dortmund, so that's yeah. the possibility. And the big one's Man City. we already seen the package they've offered Harland, and obviously he's taken, and that's 375k yeah. a week. And that's what they're telling us. Imagine what they're doing behind the scenes. So, yeah, I think the price is something we could probably afford, but it's the wage packet we We've every pod on AI has discussed the more more situation with his contract, and we're not going yeah. to offer a new nineteen-year-old kid Man City wages off the rip, are we? So yeah, it's going to be risky if we leave it till next summer with, with Jude.
0: It'll be an interesting one. It really will be an interesting one. That maybe interesting is the wrong word that Liverpool fans want to hear, but more in the sense of how Bellingham does this season because there's going to be. Eyes on him like never before. It's not like the Bundesliga sort of played in the dark and people don't watch it. Don't get me wrong on that. But naturally, if he does have, you know, World Cup coming up, people are going to start to talk about his transfer a bit more now than Haaland's gone. So the focus is going to be on him a lot more. So it will be interesting to see how he handles that and how he performs at the same time.
2: Yeah, yeah, it'd be... It's going to be difficult. It's going to be a difficult situation. But as you say, it's not just Bellingham. We have every Portuguese midfielder to discuss because that's where Julian Ward shops and seemingly lives. Yep. So you mentioned Nunes. There, I think the two other ones of linked with moves that we'll talk about in a min. Um, but we do. We don't want to discuss this too much because it, we don't want to become yeah. the Twitter bubble. But I think we both hope there'll be a midfielder. But as you say, we we won't just be signing someone for the sake of it but I suppose whilst we're on it, what what's your take on on Jones? I mean, has there been any rumblings about a loan within the club? Cause from a, from a completely fan outside opinions perspective, I think it'd do him the world of good for short term and long term development if he got a Premier League or even a Bundesliga loan. But we'd obviously we'd obviously need a uh, a replacement if that was the case.
0: There's there's been and it's not. It's not secret, but it's not kind of been widely reported. It's been mentioned through quite a few outlets, mainly sort of local press outlets, shall we say. But there's been a lot of interest and a lot of inquiries for Curtis Loan, especially low of Curtis Lone, Curtis Jones, especially Loan inquiries. And they've all been instantly rebuffed. So that tells me that he is very much a part of this first team squad. Now, Again, was probably leaning into opinions now. I know it's moving away for transfers, but the fact these loans are just being instantly rebuffed, I would be very surprised if he's not a real part of Klopp's thinking next year, especially with five subs coming up. I think you will see Curtis getting far more minutes this year. Could be wrong, but it's quite telling when the club are turning down all types of approaches. Well,
2: that's quite interesting, cut. He did disappear for the second half of the season, so yeah. So yeah. that's a that's a gamble, but I suppose Klopp would rather have Jones than just a random midfielder that wasn't on the list, I suppose, but it's a it's a gamble in itself.
0: Is that it's that almost profile, isn't it? I think someone I can't remember who put it, but someone phrased it well the other day. There's that the profile in regards to the attacking midfielders, if you want to call them that, Elliot, Jones and Carvalho. Now Carvalho's come in, there's a big suspicion, you know, he also covers in the forward line, naturally, because of the position he plays, as well as being potential to be attacking midfielder, but you could also say the same about Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott, so it's a bit of a cluster I know I'm talking about, and they are different players, but they have got a lot of similar characteristics, so it will be fascinating to see how Klopp uses those three specifically next year. But yeah, from a transfer perspective, there has been inquiries for Curtis and they have been rebuffed. Simple as that.
2: Well, that probably answers that unless something happens in pre season. But as we say, we'll wait a couple or few weeks yeah. and see what happens there. Just rounding up on, on the Liverpool stuff, uh, a Liverpool old head who I don't think even made a, an appearance for us even in pre season off the top of my head, and that's Taiwo Iwani. Um, Premier League's linked. I think when he moved and when he did join Liverpool as well he did talk about his dream being being the Premier League um, Yeah, and it seems to be happening.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think he uh, sort of broke from nowhere a little bit the other day and Neil Jones confirmed it pretty much today as part of a link to the Calvin Ramsey. It's fully expected that he'd just join Nottingham Forest in a, approximately a £17 million move. It's it's an interesting one because you, maybe you play football manager or something like that, you might know a little bit more about him but he was one who was ours, we just kept loaning him out and by all accounts, he's been absolutely storming at Union Berlin. Not a not a fashion um, fashionable club but a, a popular club so really in those Bundesliga goal scoring charts to be fair to him as well. One that I think a lot of people put, is he one we let get away? But when you also look at the level of forward that we've got now, he's below that bracket, you know. And just not trying to criticise him anyway, but he is below that bracket, so it made sense for him to move on. Listen, it would be great, absolutely great, if he comes into the Premier League and does well with Forrest. Most importantly for us, by the sounds of it, there's that 10% sell-on clause, isn't there? So there could be £1.7 million coming our way, maybe more if it's a higher fee. So as I was to say, every little helps, basically.
2: Absolutely, got to pay in that yacht, haven't they? The threat FSG, yeah. Uh, but no, every every bit it does help. If it if it's a one point seven or two mil, regard whatever the hell they pay for him. So yeah, every bit helps. As you mentioned, we the net spend has quiet, well, quietly, suddenly risen with um, yeah. the Diaz and Nudez deals. Mane helps, but even these little things adds up and I think we're getting Wilson and Gruwich's money starting this year as well, aren't we? Because yeah. they're alone. So, yeah, it's, them staggered deals do help um, in that regard. But let's move away from Liverpool. Let's update something from, from last week. And, and the Barcelona situation is funny. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but this seems like basically the, the, the gunpowder for the whole transfer market kicking off big star i know we've had the harland and darwin but this seems to be the the powder keg that will blow up the entire market
0: yeah absolutely absolutely i mean we mentioned it last week didn't we that vote has taken place the economic levers as they called it which is the code name for selling the family silver basically so they voted to to pull both for want of a better phrase so yeah, that that money is set to come in. They're going to finalise those contracts for merchandise and TV rights for certain percentages. Interestingly enough, the the Vice President, Romeo said it relieves pressure on that 30th of June deadline for when they have to submit their accounts and thinking outgoings to, to measure that, which we'll probably come on to in a short while. But up to 700 million potentially could be raised. But it'll be interesting to see, maybe as a side note, what sort of contracts they can negotiate from it but to business like we're here to talk about as you said it's that knock-on effect it's Kessie Christensen you can get them signed they name checked him in the press conference Gavi is set to be done now any day the cash is there for that Lewandowski got mentioned quite a few times in a by members and by the the senior board there so there is an expectation something moves there I think like you said as well Guy this is now Lewandowski is the obvious one, but who else are Barca going to sort of start to target? You know, a little bit similar to their big rivals, Real. They do look for, you know, Galacticos quite often or, or big names, don't they? So it'll be interesting to see what what is across there. At the same time, De Jong and United, it was an interesting one because a lot of people were speculating in regards to that doesn't need to happen. But actually, it still seems very likely, from what a lot of people are saying, there's only a, say only, like it's jump change, but a gap of about 10 to 15 million euros in the fees of what they're talking, which as we know in transfers can be easily bridged in a few seconds on a phone call type of thing. So the smart money would indicate, based on his wages, the amount they've deferred for him, the impact it can have on them, your smart money indicates De Young to United still happens. Whether he wants to or not, we can speculate till the crowds come home and a lot of people, I think, like to put clickbait out, shall we say, on that based on the 10 Hag links. What are his thoughts? No one really knows too much. He's quite a, a quiet guy. There's nothing out there publicly. But the smart money would indicate that Barca will come to an agreement with United. Everyone's happy with and I would probably be astonished if De Jong isn't in Old Trafford by the end of the window.
2: You say everyone will be happy with. I don't think De Jong will be. No, <laughs> but well, it sounds a
0: it's one of them you say it's not happy with, and maybe and I totally understand why maybe one doesn't want to leave Barca, but it's amazing when there's two hundred and fifty or three hundred thousand reasons each week. You can console yourself quite quickly, can't you, in all honesty, put it that way.
2: True, but I think he's probably on more than that already. <laughs> I,
0: I think yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he matches it. And we'll be this'll never get reported, but what happens with his deferred amounts of wages will be interesting, but yeah, smart smart money, neck on the line. I'm still saying that happens by the end of the window.
2: Yeah, unfortunately for us, I don't think that's probably enough to fix Man United's midfield. I mean, he's an excellent player, but they'll still have McTominay or Fred next to him.
0: So, yeah. yeah, exactly.
2: Happy days for us, I suppose, if they're going to spend 80 mil to replace Pogba, who wasn't the midfield issue to begin with. Um, but hey ho. Right, let's move on to other Premier League clubs then, and basically this is going to be London centric, seeing as they're doing all the business at yeah. the minute. Let Let's start with Spurs, and this is probably the most interesting club because we know Man City are our rival; they're they're the ones who keep toppling us to stuff um, domestically, well in the Premier League basically this season. Um, but Spurs are the more interesting because I think they've got the best manager out of the other teams. Yeah. And they've probably got the two best players out of the other team in Son and Kane, and they have started their business. And for me, I think it's quite smart business, and as you you've done the uh, the notes up for us here, and you think it is as well. But Perisic, Foster, is, uh, Foster as backup keeper, and Basuma.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean two frees and Basuma for twenty five odd mil. That's just really clever business.
0: I think it's it's great business. I think it's been smart. Play by Spurs all round in the sense of they probably didn't think halfway through last last season they're going to sneak in the Champions League, but they got in there. Obviously Conte's had a short term contract. Very smart if you're going to get a manager like Conte in the first place, Spurs back him. You know it's it's the smart thing to do. And. The cash injections come in, you know, the cleverly announced for football operations, which apparently is a new name for transfers, it seems. But smart money already. Forster, there's one of your homegrown spaces taken. Perisic knows Conte, systems inside out, you know, wing back, brilliant. I know there's the age thing, but the experience, especially for Champions League, is there for all to see. And Bissouma, I I, I think that's a brilliant buy. I know people are going to say, what about the... You know, legal side hanging over him. I, I do understand that to to some element, but you're talking about a player they've spent 25 million pounds on. He's worth more than that. Let's not lie straight away. He's worth mm-hmm. more than that money, so it's a good investment that way. Also, it it's not sort of their main area of defence. Out. Still think they need a little bit of work done there. But you start to look at the shape, and you name-checked a few, like Mm -hmm. Kane, Son up top. There's now like Bissouma, Heuberg in there. There's a real solidity, it seems, to Spurs, doesn't it? Like quality just starting to come through. Even Christian Romero, you know, the the centre-half. It just seems like, maybe annoyingly for some, and I get it, Spurs are starting to look solid. They've got a quality manager. Also, you know, they've got the right people in place there. There's... Patrice, isn't he the ex Juventus sort of director of footballs, mm-hmm. moved in there? Who, let's be honest, if Conte's not there or Patrice, you know they they're working well together. You maybe don't get one without the other, so to speak. So everything for Spurs seems to be moving in the right way at the moment.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we mentioned it last week. I mean, we've praised them for the for the clever business there, but last week we were talking about Richarlison and thinking that's a bit dumb. But that has yeah. gone quiet, which I think is good for Spurs' sake. Yeah. Um, and another one that's gone kind of quiet is Laturo Martinez, who I think would be a good signing, but eh, yeah, it's not what they need. I, I, I don't. I think they need forwards for backups, but Laturo going to co- cut. I think they agreed a fee last summer was sixty odd million, probably more now. Um, yeah, but don't yeah, see it. too much, too much money for it. He'd be excellent player, but he's not going to be an automatic starter because Kulisevsky's going to definitely play on the right unless they do something really stupid because he looked excellent from January onwards. And then the two lads we talked about, they're going to start every week. So unless they change formation, it doesn't really work. um, One that is kind of close is, is Jed Spence. He seems to want to go back to London. He's been up in the north for, for, up near my end at Borough for a while. Fell out yeah. with Borough and then ended up doing excellently at uh, Forest on loan. But... Moving back to London and playing as a wing back under the the bloke who, tran basically transforms every wing back he works with, perfect. Move yeah. I
0: it it does sound a, a great move. That it it seems very much that it's an area that Conte's identified, isn't he? The the left, the right wing back, Perisic is in. You think for the left, Jed Spence, like you said, right right wing back had a, a you know a storming season with Forrest. I know people are going to say. It's championship, but you also saw this year when Conte was experimenting. He was quite happy to put Sesenyan in there, wasn't he? Instead of the um, kind of Argent yeah, regular the Argentinian
2: wingback. I think back, you Spanish, know. but yeah,
0: sorry, Spanish. Yeah, there you go, isn't it? But I, I think this again that would be good business. Also, the other thing that that sticks in your mind is Spurs are in the Champions League, so they've now got those demands of tuesday saturday wednesday you know however you want to put it mm-hmm. midweek games more regularly i know people would say oh they're in europe last year but they got knocked out the roller cola whatever it was quite early on didn't they by, cor- by which... covid
2: as well Never mind played again there you get, exactly. yeah exactly there
0: you go so maybe that that is a, a new challenge so he's going to need
2: more numbers
0: there's no two ways about it but it certainly looks like he's addressing that and the other one that they've Talk to which little risk on this. Ericsson would looks like Ericsson may well make a move back to Spurs. Good move for everyone there as well. You know, another sort of creative player in there. So everything seems to be rosy for Spurs at the moment.
2: Yeah, I quite like the Ericsson move. I think even just from a, if you're a Spurs fan, he is one of your best players, of probably ever. Like I mean, certainly in the in the Premier League era. Um, yeah. On a free, we saw what the impact he had at Brentford basically transforming their second half of the season. Yeah. Getting him on a free, not going to United because I like him. <laughs> it always helps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a bit more flexibility on, on Conte's system as well, rather than it lets him put a creative player in midfield rather than just counting on the front three. I think it's a really good move, and as we say, it's on a free. So. Conte's been backed. It, I think that's bad news for us. To be fair, I don't think they'll get on our and city's level this yeah. season. But we already saw the trouble they caused, in, just in one-off games. Liverpool and City. I think they'll, I think they'll be challenging for third. I, don't, I think they're making clearer progress than Chelsea at the minute.
0: I think that yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. To be honest, there'll be a there'll be envious eyes or worried eyes from the other London clubs and the other rivals for those top four spots. I think that you're right. They're still behind us. You'd still look at the defense. You know they've got that challenge of getting used to Champions League football, et cetera, But it's looking it's looking good for them. They're backing their manager. There's plenty of positive things for a Spurs fan to look at at the moment. No two ways about it.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I do like Conte. I, I think if Klopp were to go, touch wood, I think Conte would be on many people's list. I, I know he's more of a a shorter term manager, but yeah. in terms of quality wise, there's a very small selection that are as good as Klopp, and I think he's certainly in that conversation. Um, but yeah, we, we you mentioned the cash, in, cash injection there, but Spurs back in a manager, I, I imagine it will pay dividends eventually. You, I know it's a chance for sure, but trophy or no trophy under Conte,
0: I. It's one of them. I, I actually don't think Daniel Levy and Spurs would actually care that much about a trophy. I think if you just said to them, like you, you know, you mentioned now, you're not going to win a trophy, but we'll give you Champions League again next season, they'd snap your hands off for it. I know that's not the same Spurs fans would be thinking, you know, can we get a cup, anything like that. I actually don't think they'll be that forced. In my mind, the fans would love a... A Carabao and FA, which is possible. I don't. I, if you ask me to bet, no. But I think the big thing the Spurs board i now be looking at is this is an investment for. I don't. It's a weird to say because I know Conte as a short term manager, but this is also an investment to say we've got the Champions League this season, and this we think gets it us next season going forward as well. But we'll see.
2: Yeah, I've, if Conte leaves without a trophy, I think he'll be disappointed. But Maybe not next year, but maybe the year after. Um, maybe. Yeah. But let's move on to Arsenal. Um, Stan Cronky's done at 180, <laughs> seemingly. Yeah. I know they spent money last year, but it's not slowing down. Um, we kind of go through these. I mean, Fabio Vieira, who was linked, tenuously linked to us, we apparently had a first option thing on him. I yeah. i not sure how true that is, but... Fee of around, I think it's forty million euro, but thirty four million pound. Um, yeah. It's not the position I'd say they're weakest no. in. Seeing as people have drawn similarities with Odegaard, and they're still playing Xhaka in the first team. Um, yeah. It's a it's an odd signing, but he's certainly a quality player.
0: It, it, it's almost, I think you call it a typical Arsenal signing. It's it's like you can't have too many central midfield, you know, attacking central midfielders so to speak you don't need is...
2: midfielders when you've got number tens. yeah
0: exactly it's like you said there's Odegaard there's Smithrow now Vieira's come in I mean they're all great on the ball but the one thing we've always talked about is the lack of steel you know for Arsenal I know Partey's come in that, that's that been mixed don't think it's been what they hoped it would there's still mm. that you know that real soft underbelly and you look at Jack is just a loose cannon he's just a risk on the field but Every year he somehow manages to stay in that Arsenal lineup, so it's not looking any different. So it's like you said if if someone at Arsenal gave you 34 million and said, Get us a midfielder, I want to be clear on this. I like Fabio Vieira, I think he's you know, he is a talent, absolutely. I do wonder, again, has he got that physicality for the Premier League? And then on the second point, is well, that's a question we ask about Arsenal quite often at the same time as well, isn't it? So it's a very Arsenal signing, but is it what they need? I'm not really sure on that.
2: Yeah, and you can almost say this about the next one as well. I think they got a bid rejected for Lisandro Martinez, who is a centre-back, but I think he's very versatile. I think he can play a left-back yeah. and defensive midfield as well, which if he was locked in as a defensive midfield, I think it'd make a lot more sense because he's left-footed. Gabriel's probably their best centre-back but for my money, who's obviously left-footed. Um, Left-back's teeny, but we know he's made out of wet toilet paper, so he' good cover yeah. there. But unless he's a locked in as a midfielder, again, 30-odd mil, which got rejected, so it'll be more than that. I, yeah, again, it's weird.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's almost a weird one with sort of, Lissandra in that regard, because as you said, he's, he's a he play, plays left back, he plays centre back. So maybe they're looking at him to to cover both potentially. But I think usually this isn't doing down a player by any means. But usually you'll find with utility players, as much as an advantage to that, they're maybe not strong enough to hold down that one set position that way. I think the other thing I saw is you look at where Arsenal are a bit weak, especially at the back, and you think that that height, that physicality. I mean. Ben White's not the tallest, is he? Not the biggest, despite his ability mm-hmm. and pace. Gabriel, like you said, is the most physical. The interesting one that maybe that might be a bit of a wild card is Saliba. You know yeah. the guy that they've yeah, had on yeah, yeah. loan to to Marseille. All the indications are that that he's finally coming back, having been the weirdest signing and then multiple loans. But Lissandro, five foot nine, so he's not going to be. And he isn't, he's not that way for he's Ajax. Kind of, Ivan, Ivan
2: Tony fodder, I think. Yeah,
0: indeed, indeed. He just gets the feel of maybe bullied at certain times, written all over it. I mean, it sounds like we're absolutely doing him down. He is an excellent footballer. Mm. He's got real, you know, football a real technical ability when from the bits I've seen. But it's back to that root cause that we're talking about, isn't it? Is that what Arsenal need? Time will tell, I suppose, but there's a couple of big question marks for me.
2: Yeah, certainly seems like they're just addressed, seemingly addressing squad options, because, as I say, unless Martinez is a midfielder, he's not going to start over Gabriel, and he'll probably get plenty of minutes at left-back, as I said, Tierney, but I think they're worried about Thursday night football, by the sounds of it. Um, let's move on to some deals that have kind of gone quiet, and some have publicly been... Distanced from. We'll start off with Taylorman's because that was publicly distanced from the other yeah. day, wasn't it? And it's seemingly Vieira or him and the went for Vieira. I, I would yeah. prefer for what they need. I think Taylorman's would have been better, but maybe they just want to harness the talent of Vieira and mould him into something. But Taylorman's, I think, twenty five mil or thirty odd mil is the rumored price. I'm surprised more clubs aren't going for like Even Liverpool we mentioned earlier we don't want to just stop Gap, but he has been linked in the past. I'm not surprised we'd be in for something like that. But twenty-five mil for a Europa League or even lower Champions League team, it's a bit of a I think that's a bit of a bargain to be honest.
0: It's a it's a weird one, isn't it? It's like, when you look at his profile, sort of Belgian international, the big moments he's had, and if, if you were talking about his highlights, you'd be thinking clubs should be all over this, especially, like you said, a year on the contract. 25 million is the rumoured price. If he makes it clear he's not going to re-sign, you know, clubs could even drive it down a little bit. That being said, there's going to be a reason why everyone is having a look but not pulling the trigger realistically. I mean, I, I watched him a few games. I won't pretend I was an avid Leicester watcher by any means, but I watched him a few games last year. Didn't impress me that much. I think the biggest thing that, not worries me, but... I'd be reluctant around if I was a Premier League club is the mobility side. It doesn't doesn't always seem the most mobile tealment. Mm-hmm. I mean, he it, has got technical ability. There's no two ways about it. You know, he can play the through ball, he's got assist his lock of that type of thing, but it's an interesting one. It really is. But not no clubs are pulling a trigger on a guy with real pedigree. And if you went this going, he's going back a while, don't get me wrong. But if you went back maybe three years or so. People were talking big money and big clubs for Tilmans, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, absolutely. So it it almost feels like uh the career's really stalled and you do wonder what's in that a little bit. But yeah, seems like Arsenal had maybe the options to pick. They've gone Vieira, so you do wonder what is available for him now realistically.
2: Hmm. I wouldn't it's probably someone like Dortmund or something like that goes in just for yeah, and they, they lost Vittel, didn't they? So maybe just some I know they're very different players, but could be interesting to see where he go. I think there was rumours he might sign a new deal for a year, which would be odd. Um, but anyway, uh, a couple other deals. His uh, Gabriel Jesus, yeah, seems to be on and off by the day. <laughs> I like, well, I say it, don't like him. I think I like him as a player, but he does have a cryy face, so it kind of annoys me. But I think he'd be a good signing. I don't think it's what Arsenal particularly need. But I think he's a good player, and I think if he was a starting nine at a club, I think he'd get plenty of goals.
0: Do you know what? I'd love to know if that's on Edu's list, has a crying face. Yeah. if that's in the cons column at all. be interesting. Definitely. but
2: not marketable yeah. crying. <laughs>
0: yeah, indeed. But I, I, I think this gets done. I think, it again, it's one that it's clear they want him. It seems to be a price type of thing there. I actually... I'd I'd go against that, to be honest, from an opinion. I think he'd be a great side-in for Arsenal. You saw he got, annoyingly, at the end of last season, quite a few games for City, didn't he, and made a real impact, unfortunately. So he has got goals in his locker. I think if he was one careful owner, well-loved number nine type of thing, it would go quite well. Also, I look at Arsenal, I think, who else have they got really? I mean, Incezia finally renewed the other day, didn't he? So that's the only other striker. But they've yeah. gradually cleared out the old guard of Aubameyang, um, Lacazette. So you look who's really there. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's also looking and going, "Well, I play regularly. I'm going to play regularly, you know, if I go to to Arsenal." So I, I'm not saying he's going to sort of set the world alight, but for where Arsenal are at the moment. I do think that could actually be a, one of the surprisingly good signings, personally, but we'll see.
2: No, I quite like him. I just wonder, because they were linked with, um, what's a lad who went to Yuvlavic? Uh, they were no linked to Izak and stuff yeah. like that, who were all big, massive lads. And Jesus seems, I think he could play as a lone striker, but it just seems going from six foot four lads to a smaller South American type forward, it's just a bit of a change in direction, but they're allowed to do that. Um, I think it'd be a good signing, yeah. Um, we mentioned Saliba, so don't really need to touch on that. Um, Are you surprised they're going this big, and or seemingly going this big? Because they might shock yeah. with a sale or something like that, but I mentioned Stan Kroenke going full 180 there, but I, they seem to be giving football a real good go. Maybe, I think, the Rams won the Super Bowl didn't they, recently, so maybe they went, we've completed American football, let's complete football football. <laughs>
0: It's, it's, it's so bizarre in a way because you think a few years ago that you know they, they were really penny-pinching weren't they it didn't look like to be honest the Cronkies were that interested in Arsenal particularly it seems to be all about the American football teams but the last few years I don't know what's happened it's like I don't know if Arteta's got some sort of blackmail photos on him but he's getting the cash there's no two ways about it and whether you think that Edu is spending that money wisely, that is another story, but he's definitely getting cash to spend and deal. It's, it's moving away from those Chelsea cast-offs, you know, like Louise, William, that type of thing. Mm. They are spending big money, whether you think it's spent wisely or not, is different, but they're spending big money on individual players. I generally don't know if they're just getting egged on by Spurs a little bit, you know, if it's over. Sort of a Chicken race type of thing a little mm. bit. It seems to be responding to each other a bit, but <laughs> Arsenal blew it last season, absolutely. big time. They absolutely blew it. They never had a better chance to get in the Champions League, realistically. And it seems to me that they're thinking, "Well, let's buy. We'll get the the squad bigger. You know, we'll get more quality in." Which I totally get. But now they've got, as you said, the Thursday Sunday challenge. So. It's it's strange that all of a sudden in the last few years, they have just turned the tap on the Cronkeys. I think in short, the story is they've turned the tap on, but it's not really being used that wisely in my personal view. And unless something major happens, they're not getting top four next year.
2: Yeah, maybe Saka joining us funds all of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe next year. That's next year's problem. Uh, let's move on to Chelsea. Um, let's start with one that kind of broke today. I think you set yeah. this agenda up the other day. Um, Sterling seems to be becoming a target because the Usman Dembele thing is slowing down. But the rumoured price, and this is from Di who... He's either yeah. a spoofer or the king of transfers. I'm not sure where he is on that anymore. Yeah, but 35 mil for Sterling. I mean, it almost looks makes the Mane deal look better. <laughs> but I think that'd be a really excellent piece of business from Chelsea if if that happened.
0: Well, probably as you mentioned there, Guy, I had it on my agenda as a bit of like something to reveal. I was going to look like a proper Aldi-style <laughs> ITK or whatever they call them type of things. But yeah, from the the little bits that I heard that. The two players that Chelsea had asked about in quite strong terms, one was Sterling from City mm-hmm. and the other one that they'd asked about, interestingly, Richarlison. So they'd asked Everton about Richarlison. Mm-hmm. I don't know don't know what why. Two are the, what
2: were these clubs?
0: Well, to be honest, no less Liverpool fans, no one likes Chelsea and no one likes Richarlison, so it Perfect. could be a match made in heaven realistically yeah. for that regard. But yeah, it it does seem that the indications were still initially were it's it's quite clear. He's not in Guardiola's favour. It seems like there's a little bit of a fallout there for whatever reason. He's not in that first team. The suspicion was a natural move abroad, Beckham did, it? So Barca, Real Madrid were mentioned and he's only got, I think it's a year left to run on his contract. So there was even suspicion if he doesn't get the move he wants that he'd run it down and naturally get, you know, we know Raheem likes his cash, doesn't he? So get that big move abroad next, next season. However, suggestions are, and we'll see how spoofy it is. But yeah, my indications are that they're asking. So, 35 million roughly, you know, it's going to be a huge wage. There's no two ways about that. But Chelsea are not adverse to paying big wages. Let's not pretend that for one second. So, there's something there. It's not Mm. a complete like, pulled it from nowhere. Do I see it? Maybe more than people would think. I know yeah. someone said, "Oh, they wouldn't sell to a rival." Would you really say Chelsea are City's rival at the moment? I, they're a they're a big club in the Premier League, but I wouldn't say for what City's aims are, Chelsea are necessarily the biggest rival right now, especially with what's happening there. But I can make a case either way. But the, it's it's not just a case of nothing being there. There's definitely interest, and there's definitely been an ask.
2: Yeah, he's a London boy as well. I think he. He came through QPR's academy before joining us, so that's similar enough to Chelsea, isn't it? So yeah. I think a London move's always been somewhat destined for him. And Chelsea, I think he, I think he's an Arsenal fan. I might be wrong in that, but I'm sure I've read that somewhere. But Chelsea's the best team in, well, we might well mention Spurs, but Chelsea's probably the most established team in the, in the capital at the men. But yeah, I think yeah. I had to read it, like, I know the wages would be stupid, but that price, I'd, I'd take him easily back at Liverpool. <laughs> but the wages would be mental, as you say. Um, and we're not paying more, so we wouldn't pay Sterling. Um, yeah. Um, let's go on a, a couple of other things with Chelsea. Yeah, we kind of mentioned Spurs and Arsenal. They're spending a lot of money in backing the manager, whereas this the new ownership's only just in the door, to be fair to them. But the Cunday stuff stuff's gone quiet. It's more about sales, the Lukaku situation getting sorted. There is that Sterling thing there, as we mentioned, but it doesn't seem like the Chelsea of old where it's just literally the money meme where he's spraying dollar bills about, is it?
0: Nah, this, it's because it's, it's taken so long, as we all know, for this, this takeover and all the things that have been going on the travel for Chelsea has been in the complete opposite direction of the likes of Spurs of Arsenal. It's almost been like scramble to the exits type of thing, realistically. And what that means is, it's now a case for the new Chelsea owners. You can't just flip the switch and it turns around. You know, it's like, it's, it's like that freight, isn't it? You've got to turn it around gradually, so to speak. But it is a scramble for the exits. I mean, it's quite clear one of the worst Premier League transfers in Lukaku. He clearly wants out, doesn't he? Talking about... Into it's that negotiation of the loan fee and the wages more than anything. It seems like everyone wants that to happen realistically. And whichever way it gets dressed up, Chelsea are taking a massive hit mm. on that. There's absolutely no two ways about it. And even the, you know, everyone's talked about the the figure, but, oh, you know, it's always billions of pounds. Yeah, but what? where are Chelsea starting from now compared against last season? Well, the star main hitman, Wants out after a season. It's been a disaster. Defence-wise, you say, oh, yeah, they had a great defence. Well, yeah, they had a good defence, but two of those are gone, aren't they, in Christensen and Rudiger. So you've got two big holes there at the same time as well. On the other side, you look at your win-backs. Alonso wants out to Barcelona. He's made that quite clear to the, the Chelsea board. He wants them to make that transfer happen. As per La Quetta, I mean, a hell of a pedigree and experience, but... He's not what he used to be, realistically, is he? Even if he does re-sign or... No, he's, he's he more a centre-back
2: back now, isn't he, than a full-back?
0: Yeah, exactly. So, there's that. So, you kind of start to look at almost... This sounds terrible, but what's left at the back at Chelsea? And Thiago Silva, again, a hell of a pedigree, hell of a player, but it's not like he gets younger each season. I think it was
2: 35, 36 type of thing. I think, so, he's, 30, I think he's turning 38 this season.
0: There you go. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, he's, he's going to be claiming his pension soon enough, realistically. So... You look at that direction of traffic, it's all outward. So even if Chelsea do start to sign a few players, and I mean, the the one that we've seen is linked with recently is Bremer, the lad at Torino, yeah. the centre-back, that we were linked with for a long period. Just, just randomly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just almost pulled from, not from nowhere, but he's kind of on the, the link list, shall we say. So he's one that, again, has been linked. And even if they get him in, you know, Could be a good signing, I get that. But look, I mean, we haven't even started to talk about their attack, but look what's going out of Chelsea in the first place, never mind strengthening.
2: Yeah, I think, not to bore and go through the entire team, but you look, if they do get Sterling, Sterling, Havertz, one of the million forwards that they've got as a front three, is quite good. But a lot of the goals need to be Sterling there, because Havertz hasn't proved it, and none of the wingers have. Yeah. That are there. Midfield. Um Cant aged a lot last season I thought. Yeah. Coversitch is excellent. Jorginho wants out by a few people accounts. Yeah, absolutely. Um and then it's the young lads, Conor Gallagher's back, obviously I think that'll be a good player yeah, to have. Absolutely. Um and then Loftus Cheek and Ross Barkley still there. <laughs> so unless I'm forgetting someone obvious. Um midfield doesn't look ideal, you mentioned the centre back. Reese James, Chilwell, spot on, but no backup there. As you say, Alonso wants out. There's no right wing backup. So I think you're going to be looking at uh, using the youth that, that's that been out on loan. And it's almost a shame this ownership didn't come in early or a change in tactic, tactics didn't come in early because they've just lost Tamori, they lost Tammy Abraham. Yeah. So it's almost two years too late, I think. Um, but there's still good players there like... Uh, and they had a lad out on Hud- at Huddersfield and that Breuer at Southampton can come back and Conor Gallagher, as I mentioned. So, yeah, there's still youth players to fill the squad, but I don't think a title challenge is going to be there no, for a few years. Especially th- so. their, their owners talked about Liverpool's model and you know how long it took for us. And I rate Tuchel as a manager, but is he Jurgen Klopp? I don't, know. Maybe, I don't think so. Um, no. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting with Chelsea... Let's have a quick look at some of the moves across Europe and the Premier League. Let, let's start with PSG. Um, Vitinha and Skriniar. Uh, Vitinha's yeah. been linked with half the Premier League, us included. But it seemed to pop up 40 mil for him. Uh, I think it's a release clause, actually, so that would be 40 yeah. mil full. It, midfield is an issue for them. Ginny went there, didn't work. Parade is... Uh, What's his name from Everton? Garnier. Um yeah. Veratti seems to be the only midfielder that wants. So it's no surprise the target a midfielder for me.
0: Not at all. I mean, they, they, they go through them at, at some rate, don't they? On the, yeah. them, they'll happily throw money at it. I think. Interestingly, it sounds like yeah, director of football Killian Mbappe starting to make his first moves, isn't he? That way, mm-hmm. so Vatini seems it the obvious one. The other one that, that sort of come on the radar that they've made late moves for. Trying to disturb his move to Milan is Renato Renato Sanchez, player. Right. Bizarrely, we've been linked with a lot recently. Mm. That new well, recently over the years.
2: Got in from yeah, there. yeah,
0: absolutely. Through Lille. So there's that connection. So it's quite clear they're going to go again for midfield, and like you said, that they'll happily shit people out. It wouldn't be a surprise if, Unfortunately, as much as we love Ginny, named flop of the year, wasn't he for Leegin? So. I wouldn't be surprised if he's one that maybe what, does move right. on.
2: Would you take him back on a loan? I would in a heartbeat. I'm not as <laughs> big fan, but if if I, it's a player that we want Klopp to fall to, to trust, it's Jini.
0: I I could understand it. I totally I, I totally get the logic. I could see it, the experience, knowing the system, etc. That type of thing. Totally get it. I think the chances are absolutely minuscule, probably because of his new. Well, I don't much. know how much he's on, but yeah. it's a fortune more. Also, history shows Klopp. He said it before. I can't remember the exact quotes. Doesn't like to go back. Klopp does he? You know, once True. he's had that, he sort of, he'll move on quite quickly. So I, I don't see it there. But yeah, this really is for PSG. The sort of start of moves, and <laughs> let's be honest, part of the renewal for Mbappe was that. They would make big moves. PSG have got big money, and the big moves are starting. Simple as that.
2: Yeah, and Scrinia moving it seems to yeah. have again a knock on effect at the Premier League level. Bastoni was linked with um, yeah more so Spurs, but I think Chelsea as well slightly. But I think they want to keep him. He's the next big Italian centre back. Makes sense. But Scrinia going one of the probably one of the best centre backs without being one of the most renowned centre backs probably. So again, makes sense for for PSG who. I like Marquinhos, but outside of that, the centre backs for me are just dreadful. So Marquinhos and Skriniar should be fun, I think.
0: Yeah, it it, it seems a, a good move for everyone. I think probably phrased it right with Skriniar. He's one of those ones that he's not probably in the the best known centre backs across the world, but you know, for from a media perspective, but a lot of the people within football, you know, say he's one of the, the top players. I think also Inter. It's quite clear that Inter are still looking to raise a bit of cash through various channels, yeah. aren't they? So he's the obvious name on the the chopping block, block shall we say. Yeah, good, both good moves. I wouldn't say they're, they're bad moves for PSG. Again, it's one of those. It's, it's a, It sounds horrible, but it is a farmer's league, isn't it? So it just solidifies them realistically, even if Renato comes as well as the, the top dogs there. Does it give them what they need for a Champions League winning team? Difficult to know that, Mm. but I would still say any of those players are probably an improvement on what they have there, realistically.
2: I think it's a good start in terms of making a team, because Skriniar, Marquinhos, solid at the back. Hakimi is one of the best, probably second best right-back in the world, or top three, certainly. Uh, Left-back, they've got that young Portuguese lad. haven't they? It's always been the midfield. I know the forwards are lazy, etc. But <clears> if you have a midfield of um, Vitinha, Renato, Sanchez, if he ever stays fit and um, Verratti, it's looking a lot better than what it was. And it looks like a, there's an idea there. Getting rid of uh, Leonardo for Luis Campos... It's a really good upgrade, but let's move on from PSG because nobody cares till the Champions League's about. Yeah. Um, West Ham, um, a really quiet summer so far, but looks like they're moving in up, nearing signing a, a centre back from Wren. I won't pronounce his name right, but let's go for it. Neof Orgard, um, for, tw- for just under thirty mil. Uh, centre back has been an issue for them because uh, Diop didn't really work out. Ogbonna got that yeah. injury, and I think he is out yeah. of, out of contract as well. So it's just been Craig Dawson and, and um, the cat kicker. Um, yeah. So if it's Zuma and this lad, I've never never really heard of him, never seen him play, let's be honest. But 30 mil is a lot of money for uh, for uh, West Ham.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, I'm not going to pretend that I've watched Wren religiously or know too much about him. But from from what's said, it almost sounds like he's more of the um, the ball-playing centre-half, but they they do have a lot of the... Aggressive nature, centre half, don't they? And that's not trying to be clever with Kurt Zuma, by the way, so to speak, <laughs> just about his nature of his game. Different aggression. <laughs> yeah, indeed. But also Craig Dawson, that type, you know. So it, it makes sense they'd want maybe a centre back that can put their foot on the ball. Also, at the same time, nearly 30 million. It, it, it's not chump change, especially for a a centre half area. So it sounds like they've specifically gone out and thought, you know, this is the lad we want to to take in. So it will be interesting to to see how he does. But they're in Europe, so they'll probably need a few extra bodies, won't they? So makes sense all round, maybe.
2: Yeah, I think we saw the squad let them down in the second half of last season. Yeah. So key position there, I think they need probably the spine's what they need to tackle to be fair, so probably a good start for them. Um moving on to Leeds, they've they've added yeah. Quietly active window, fourth signing of the summer uh, in Mark Rocker. They like buying from big clubs, don't they?
0: <laughs> they do. It's like they, they like shopping at the the top stores, but in like the bargain section or the reduced aisle, if you know what I mean. It's it's a weird one. So yeah, up sort of defensive midfielder from Bayern Munich. So if he joins Rasmussen Aronson, I can't remember the other the other boy's name at all. But it's quite, and, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. It's quite clear they're backing Jesse Marsh, though. That's quite clear. And they're also I don't know if he's got a relationship with Rosa, but the other ones have, have played under him usually in Salzburg or yeah. in some guys. So it does seem that they very much have a strategy and they're spending money. I think we'll probably move on to where that money's coming from, shall we say. But they are starting to shape the team. You can't argue they're not backing the manager this time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It's almost a shame they didn't back Bia. Be- be- I know they did the first season, but last summer they didn't yeah. really back him. But it's good they're backing Jesse Marsh, who's been targeted for a long time, to be the successor to Bielsa. So basically buying him Miss Salberg team <laughs> might work.
0: Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that addressing the defense good start i think and then rocker leads on leads us on the city's business maybe he's partially the replacement for phillips who man city have been linked with as well as cucarella uh Cucurella, i should say um but let's start with phillips from leeds point of view he's obviously the main guy but a lot of injuries there if you can if you can sell him for the rumored fee of about 50 and fun this summer and replace him in midfield with a player less injury prone. I think that's good for Leeds, but from a Man City point of view, other than him being English, I think it's an odd move.
0: Yeah, it's it's another one that I'm not saying it's exactly like Grealish, but it's another one where you're like, English signing, okay, for homegrown. Is he gonna get is he in your strongest line up? Struggle to see that, and then again, we don't know who might believe in City. That's the the point of view. I mean, first thing to us, It sounds like Phillips. All the indications are that it's pretty much done. We're just waiting for you know the moves to happen. The yeah. official. He's only just blah, finished the season
2: as well. Hasn't yeah,
0: it? exactly that. But it sounds like it's pretty much all set up. So it'd be a huge surprise if that doesn't go through. But like you said, realistically, injured a lot this mm. season would not really been a, a mainstay for Leeds. This season, so that that counts against him. I also, you know, going back to it, Rodri, De Bruyne, they're nailed on, absolutely nailed on, aren't they? To start, He's it's very different
2: to Gundogan as well. Yeah, who's, who's the rumored lever? But
0: exactly, I've... seems Gundogan who's um, Fernand, Fernandinho's going, yeah. so to speak. So there's a lot of change in that midfield. It seems to be coming. Bernardo is the big one, isn't it? They're talking about that. But wants out but Bernardo's kind of the wild card for me because it was quite clear Pep confirmed that he wanted out last season but annoyingly he stayed and especially for the first half (laughs) of the campaign he was bloody brilliant wasn't he like you know as much as we've all got our personal opinions of him he was brilliant for them for large parts of last year so there's no guarantee he goes but if, if he sort of stays Bernardo then Phillips is nowhere near a starter for me if he goes, he's probably the one he'd take the place in midfield. And it sounds like Gundogan's going as well. Does that make City stronger? I disagree. I think that makes their lineup look worse than it was this season, realistically. But mm. it he seems to be a the chosen in
2: midfield. I think because almost yeah. similarly, what we, what our fan base is talking about is the two in midfield. If it's Rodri Phillips and then <clears throat> top of the head Ford and left Ford and left. Maybe De Bruyne a right just to supply Highland with crosses. Yeah. Maybe old school Gerard type way, and then maybe try and get the best out of Grealish. I think it makes him a lot weaker, but I think it makes more sense in that formation than four-three-three.
0: You do wonder, don't you, if it's like a bit of a... That, that you said is indicating towards a formation change, because I wouldn't really describe him as... An, an all-round midfielder. I think Rod- Rodri's far more composed on the ball. I know people, because he's English, will go crazy about an mm. English midfielder that can pass a bit. But we're, we're not talking about a pillow here by any means in Calvin Phillips, despite what people, you know, nicknames for him, etc. So it might well be a change of system, but it, it's not a bad move. I can't call it that. But again, you're looking and thinking, the right move? When you sit at City's level and you've got their money? Not really seeing it, but mm. let's see what happens. I
2: eh? I feel like a Chelsea would have been better for him, but I think it's a good yeah. buy for Man City. But I'm not sure it's best for his career. Um But yeah. if money doesn't matter for them, sod it. So yeah, uh, exactly. Kuk- Kukurea is a player I like, but it does continue the trend of 50 million pound fullbacks. A uh,
0: city, it's just crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. 50 million pound fullbacks, and let's be honest. Especially the fifty. Well, we have to be careful what we say. The fifty million pound left backs, especially, it mm-hmm. never tends to necessarily work out, does it? Really, for a variety you know I mean? of
2: reasons. For, yeah,
0: a variety of reasons. But quite often, when you've seen City's lineup when it's been successful, it tends to be the person who covers the fifty million pound fullback that does the job. Whether it's been Fabian Delph of a few years ago or Zinchenko, isn't it? This season, more at left back. Realistically, yeah. it never seems to really work out. That being said I mean if everyone stays as fit as they should do I get he's a backup you do it puts an asterisk against Zinchenko I think realistically I think if,
2: yeah, if he's, he's linked, available if, he's been linked with Everton and I think yeah. Arsenal as well was it
0: I think there'll be quite a lot of clubs are interested in him we really across board. unless the, he's a midfielder
2: again because he is a midfielder for Ukraine Yeah
0: maybe it's a possibility absolutely play on that that left side if keeping the same system so maybe he's thinking that I think Kukurea screams to me of another backup fullback, though. If mm-hmm. everyone's fit, if everyone's fit, there's no way he's going to get ahead of Cancelo on the left because Kyle Walker's going to start on the right, realistically, mm-hmm. isn't it? So it's usually Cancelo on the left, and there's no way he starts ahead of him. I mean, he, he's done very well for Brighton. There's no two ways about it. I thought he was a really good player. He looks solid throughout. I mean... Annoyingly, he played quite well against us, didn't he? Especially at Anfield, type of thing. Is that that annoyance? But the figures they're talking like Brighton trying to drive it up past the £55 million mark for a backup left back Man City all over, isn't it? Basically, Mm.
2: I mean, 30 odd mil profit in one summer in one season. Round of applause, Brighton. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but I I like the player. I can see the sense, but the money is just stupid. It is stupid. Um, but Walker's more injured than ever last season. Yeah. I think Kukurea has the pace. I don't think he's. Well, I don't think Walker's def- that defensively away. He's just the world's fastest man. Yeah, <laughs> I can almost see him backing up Walker, but obviously on the left, and Cancelo can move. But maybe the future is Cancelo right, Kukurea left. But in the short term, it's Walker and, and Cancelo still. I think um,
0: that's it. The fee, the fee just doesn't really mean anything to Man City, yeah. does it, realistically? They're, they're one of those few clubs where they can say, we've got an idea of who we want for our backup left-back. And people will say that, whereas everyone else will bristle and go, no, not a chat." It, it doesn't really affect them, does it? So it's, yeah. a, it's a nonsense price, but fair play, Brighton. Simple yeah.
2: as that. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's the last of your, of what you've noted down here, Dave. Is there any other stuff you want to... I, I literally just opened Twitter there. It looks like the uh, the Athletic are reporting that Sterling stuff now, so that seems to be building up quite quickly.
0: Yeah, no, I'd say yeah, no. Literally, I think everything that, that we sort of discussed there is it. I think the, the one, as much as I can't stand him, the interesting one will be Richarlison, because that's waiting now, so... Clubs are enquiring, it's quite clear he wants out of Everton, but who's going to actually put a bid that they deem suitable on the table? Mm. And then the other thing that, that will be interesting is they've very much gone into that period of exclusivity that they're talking about, but there is a bid for Everton on the table, isn't there, from that consortium? Yeah, that
2: Peter Kenyon Peter,
0: yes. Peter Kenyon is heading up, so obviously it, it's not a secret anymore, it's broken. But at the same time, they've got into that sort of quiet period exclusivity, which probably they're looking at Everton's books and their transfer spend over the last few years with a big, how much against it type of thing. <laughs> so there might be a few sort of skeletons creeping out the closet as to regards the, the debt and everything like that. But will be interesting to see what happens there and what that means for them as a knock-on effect.
2: Yeah, Absolutely absolutely so in Everton's probably want to keep an eye on with, with yeah. multiple reasons but uh, that's where we'll finish off there Dave um, so everyone who's listening thank you we'll probably be back next weekend unless it's literally the quietest week in football history <laughs> uh, but thank you everyone for listening thank you
1: Dave goodbye we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically